Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Not much. I mean, I'm doing fine. I don't even know how to answer, really. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm one week out from my vacation, so I, I just have to get through this week, and then go. I get a break, which I, I freaking need because I, I can't even speak whole sentences at this point. But we do have some Cowboys news to talk about, finally. It's not uh, having to dig through depressing league-wide or nationwide sure. stories, so uh, we have some interesting stuff to discuss for sure. Well, it's kind of Cowboys news, right? Uh, I mean, it's been Cowboys news all the way up until this point. Why wouldn't it be Cowboys news now? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Um, So on Saturday, it was announced that the Seattle Seahawks have traded for all-pro safety Jamal Adams. Uh, The Jets, in return, will get two first-round picks, one in 2021, one in 2022. They also get a third-round pick, and they get safety Bradley McDougal for Jamal Adams. Um, and Landon, when I first heard about the trade, uh, I was shocked at how much Seattle gave up. What, were, what was your initial impressions of the deal? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is definitely way richer than I was comfortable with, with the Cowboys playing for sure. Um, I think, you know, uh, I had kind of convinced myself to a first round and potentially like a third round pick, mm-hmm. you know, or, sure. you know, maybe with a little bit of something on top of that later conditional pick or something like that. Uh, but this is, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a King's ransom, uh, I think for that player. And, and, and not that Jamal Adams isn't a fantastic player isn't worth it. I just two first rounders, uh, a, uh, a, a, another, you know, top, top 100 pick, and then throwing in a guy who's probably a starter, uh, for, for the jets, it's just a lot, you know. It's just a very mm-hmm. uh, hefty bounty, and then on top of all that, they're gonna have to pay him. So, um, yeah, I just think that you know we had talked. I mean, we've talked about the, the angles of this so much and so many times, and over and over and over again. And uh, you know, I just don't know that I ever convinced myself to pay what Seattle paid. Um, and I just, you know, I, even the re- some of the reasoning that they've got behind paying it, it just doesn't seem to, to line up to me. And I, I just, I, I think I like Jamal Adams as a player, but to me, when I look at this trade, it, it's hard not to look at it and think, wow, the, the Jets played this perfectly. You know, oh, absolutely. because I mean, yeah. they had a, a player who was uh, uh, disgruntled, who was ready to kind of make a, um, an exit, you know, from the team, and, and was was airing dirty laundry in order to do so. And um, I think that you know we saw this with Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville that this can get out of hand quickly, and then suddenly teams can get desperate to get to move players out. And uh, I think that the, the the Seahawks, I mean the 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 Jets, did a great job of of you know 
playing, they're holding their cards close to the chest. They didn't, you know, give up when when things were really bad and, and they weren't getting a ton of offers. They waited till they got the offer they wanted, and then they 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 traded away a player that's you know a a generational maybe type safety or a, a, a very good top of the very top of the market safety, uh, and they didn't get nothing. You know they, they they actually got a decent return for it, which I think is really all you can ask for mm-hmm. in a situation like this. We're gonna explore this from every Cowboys angle here in a second, but let's just take a minute or two to talk about why Seattle might have done this. Um, Russell Wilson is 31, going to be 32 during the regular season. Uh, they feel like they're in a Super Bowl window. They think Jamal Adams can, you know, maybe be the difference maker from them winning the division rather than the 49ers. They think it can maybe put them atop of the NFC. Um, do you agree with that logic that Adams is a potential difference maker in one or two wins a season? You know, I think it's tough to say. I mean, I think, you know, we, we've we've had a whole lot of conversations about the value of, of individual players and on defense and individual positions and and exactly, you know, what what that looks like. What does the addition of a great cornerback look like, you know, in, in terms of bottom line total wins sure, or, you yeah. know, uh, ability to do this, ability to do that. You know, I, I just think that you know safety is a position that you know it has value. I think some people kind of tend to, to misvalue or you know think that the safety does, position doesn't have any value. I think it does have value, and I think a guy like uh, uh, Adams has got ability to really make you know the safety position a, a crucial piece of your defense if you if you allow it. Um, I, I just think that you know. I, I think there's a thought process that 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 the next year's draft is going to be kind of a wash, and that you know that that makes the draft picks less valuable, um, and and I and I just I find it hard to uh, I think if you want to justify this into, into making this a, a malleable enough to, to to give these picks away to trade for Jamal Adams, you can contort yourself into believing. That you know, oh yeah, two two first round picks. That's the cost for a guy like that. No 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 no. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that you know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty next season, as, as there has been this year because of all the COVID stuff. I think they're going to try to work something out with the salary cap, but I still think even a worked out situation with the salary cap, you know, is probably neutral or or, or maybe just slightly ahead of where it is this year at the best case. You know, so yeah, I think yeah. with with all of that in mind to not only trade away this and next year's first round picks which again without it without a college football season there's a conversation to be had about how much of a crapshoot is is the draft next year but it but having said all that the only players that you feel like may not be a crapshoot are your first round players right are mm-hmm. the guys that you feel the most certain about so you've just traded away the only uh, level of certainty you're going to have in the draft and you traded next year's pick in a in, in a you know in a in a two year period where the where the cap may be uh, uh, not quite as high as you expected it to be right away, and then on top of that you're paying, you know, top of the market money for a safety. So you, it's just one of those situations where you're eating at at, at the uh, the cap in both you know from both sides in resources to fill your team with cheap labor and with the the the, the actual cap money that you're spending on the player it's himself. So I just think that. 
I, I think that this is a not particularly fantastic move. I, I think it's made a little bit worse by the actual scenario with what's going on with COVID. And I, I, this seems like a very risky miscalculation by the Seahawks, in my personal opinion. What's so difficult, for, you know, for the situation for Seattle here is um, it's basically the same thing that happened with Larry Tunsil in Houston and what's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey with the Rams, right? Both of those teams gave up multiple first-round picks for these guys, basically entering contract years. Uh, you know, Adams is going into the last year of his rookie deal. Um, they'll have the option to, to use the fifth-year option and then franchise tags. But what's what's keeping Jamal Adams from saying, hey, I want to be the highest-paid defensive player in the league, and I'm not playing until you, you do that? Seattle has no choice but to pay him, right? I mean, they're going to have to pay him over market value because they gave up so much to get him. It's a little bit of that sunk cost theory. But in the same thing, you, you, you can't let a guy like Jamal Adams leave. So... Um, it's it, Seattle's. They got a they got a heck of a player. There's no doubt about it. I think he's better than anything they have on defense. I think he instantly walks onto the field as their best defender. Um, but man, that's a lot to give up. Uh, we're gonna dive into this more in just a second. But I wanted to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's hard to even explain it. Um, I had a peanut butter one for lunch today. Just excellent. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they are best of all, they taste fantastic. Uh, you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first box. Make sure you go to builtbar.com to get $10 off your first box. Okay, Landon, um, we had a conversation over the weekend through a DM about how to correctly build a defense in today's NFL. And I think there's really two ways to do that, right? It's the stars and stud way of defense, just trying to get as many stars as you can. I feel like the Rams are adopting that model a little bit with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I think Seattle is now trying to do the same or having just a ton of depth, having 16, 17 guys um, out on the field that all are good uh, above average players. So you have no big holes. Um, Pro Football Focus did an interesting study about this uh, a couple years ago, actually, um, looking at the best way to build a defense. And um, they basically concluded when you look at what good offensive coordinators do, they design schemes to pick apart your your worst player on the field. So it doesn't matter if you have a Jalen Ramsey on one side or a Jamal Adams in the as, at the safety spot. Your, your defense is only as good as your worst player on the field. Um, I, I just wanted your thoughts on that, and how do you think you should build a, a defense in today's NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think that that study was, was very interesting, and it kind of plays out with a lot of what your eyes tell you, I think, as well. Um, I think, you know, I've, I have made this point before with the Byron Jones contract. I was just about to bring him up. And, yep. and I think you're going to make it from both sides, though. Yeah, so go ahead. I mean, I, I no, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is that, the, and I think that's the my answer is that I don't think that there is a a solid correct answer. I think there's multiple ways to do this, and I think that that it's it, you shouldn't necessarily look at look at either one of those pursuits of those two paths as it, the incorrect way to do it. I think sure. you can you can go and get high-priced 
you know, I think part of well, we need to talk about stability too, because I think that's another thing that's that's a part of this model that needs to be discussed. Because you know, we are talking about signing players, but we're not talking about just signing them to one year deals. We're talking about paying mm-hmm. them for multiple years and 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 giving them multiple years with the money. Why does that matter? Well, because in that same study, it, it found that the stability of performance, the uh, the the re, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the repeatability. The repeatability of of, yeah. of those performances year to year is a lot easier to replicate at a defensive line position than it is in the defensive backfield. So yes, absolutely. There there may be a situation where you know it's a it's a a mix and match of these situations, right? Where you, you feel like it's important to pay uh, top-end defensive line talent, but on the defensive backfield, and this is kind of where the Cowboys are going, right? It's, it's kind of you pay defensive line talent, front seven talent, and then on the backfield, you know, it's more important about having a, a deep bench of versatile defenders who can do a whole lot of different things. It can be kind of a, a matchup situation week to week, right? I, I tend to think that, you know, we're going to find out a lot. I think it's we've, we've been in the process these last few years of kind of seeing this. I think that we've seen both ways kind of work, right? We've seen situations where uh, a kind of a deep bench of rotating players has, has, has come out and, and played at a high level. We've also seen kind of, you know, the, the, the Patriots model where they have mm. high kind of higher priced guys. That's Those are the only guys they pay. Uh, and then they really rely on those players versatility to allow the coach to kind of have schematic freedom to call whatever is necessary to slow down the offensive attack right so Mm -hmm. i i think that you know it's really it really isn't like one is better than the other i think they're just two methodologies for the cowboys this year i think they had really made a concerted effort that you know Defensive backfield consistency year to year is very difficult to replicate. We, you know, we could pay Byron Jones top of the market money this year, and he may play fantastic this year, and then he may play terrible the year after that, and then he may play fantastic, then play terrible the year after that. And the problem with that is that you're paying him to be a top ten corner for the next four years. If he plays two of those years outside of the top ten, that's a you know that was bad value on the contract right so i i I can understand the argument that says uh hey oh you know it's hard to replicate this why try why why you know put all this extra money in there when when there's a lot of bodies we can throw out there but the other side of that coin is that you know when when you face the the julio joneses and the amari coopers and Mm -hmm. the and, and, and all these guys you know, an average guy who a body is not going to necessarily do it. It's not going to be a necessarily cover guys like that. So it, it's an interesting study. And I, I think that both sides are going to take some wins and losses, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, you know, whenever we talk about paying cornerbacks and Byron is a great example, but I want to use a, a different one. Um, I go back to thinking of the, the Raiders when they had Namdi Asamoah. Uh, you know, back in the late 2000s where he was the best corner on the field and they paid him a ridiculous amount of money there in Oakland. Um, But it never ended up really mattering because all the opponents did was just avoid him, right? So as good as he is, 
they're just throwing to the opposite side of the field. So you're really only as good as your other corner. And in this case, the Raiders could never find another competent number two corner. So they would still get killed in the passing game, despite having arguably the best cornerback of the decade on their roster. Um, Now, obviously, I wanted the Cowboys to sign Byron Jones because I think it is valuable to know that one side of the field is probably not going to get thrown at a bunch. But it is, it, it's just hard to, to invest that much money into a corner or a safety when a good offensive coordinator can just pick a different player to exploit, right? And I think that's what it comes about, down to me with the Jamal Adams thing is, as great as he is, you can take him out of a game, right? If, he, if, he's, yeah. you know, if he's playing at the line of scrimmage, throw the ball elsewhere. I mean, if he's in coverage and you don't trust him in coverage attack him in coverage um it's just i don't know i i think it's a good question to to how do you build a defense in today's modern nfl and i actually you know there's actually another general philosophy is you're only as good as the opposing offense you're playing that week so maybe don't invest a ton of resources into your defense because if you play a great quarterback, exactly. he's going to shred you. No matter if you, you know, if you, if you do spend a bunch of picks on that side of the ball, so invest more in your offense. It's more stable from year to year, um, and I think you'll get better returns. And frankly, I kind of think that's the way Dallas is going. Right when you look at what they did in free agency in the draft, loading up on offense, throwing a ton of you know second, third round picks on defense. Maybe that's the way the Cowboys are thinking about building a, a team going forward. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean I think that yeah, that's that's what they seem to be doing is you're kind of creating a situation where they have a versatile group of guys who are you know B minus talent, see you know and yeah and uh, and being able to deploy them week to week depending on the matchup and and, and you know a, really kind of just focusing on their skill sets. Um, I think that those are those are you know method methods that can really give you good results. And again, if you're of the belief system that you know the defenses only have X amount of actual control over stopping a defense, in that you know that the, that the actual mm-hmm. main factor of whether an offense performs well against the defense is more about how the offense stops themselves. Then yeah, I think really it's just about, you know, it's it, it's less about matchups and more about just trying to make that quarterback have a bad day, make the quarterback have to think about every single thing they're doing, make the quarterback re-examine the matchups every week. You're, you're, you know, it's I th- there is something to it, and I think you know we saw it play out last year uh, that, um, you know, I, I think Byron Jones could be the guy that could you could sub in for that Namdi Asamoa. Yeah, uh, conversation yeah. is and, and and not that Chidobi was a terrible player. I think the problem is is that you know Chidobi, I think with less volume probably would look like a pretty good player if if the yeah, if the passes sure. were distributed. But he got no one was throwing at Byron and they were completing passes, you know, against the, against the weaker parts of the secondary because you know they're in cover one and 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 you know you're not gonna unless there's not really a ton of help you know for you there so. Uh, I, I think that if there's a situation where the Cowboys can find a way to make the defense 
have to think more, you know, try to throw the quarterback off his game. You know, it goes back to the idea of the whole cover one versus cover three defenses versus the more complicated defenses, right? Is it, do you want to make the quarterback execute perfection up and down the field in short passes? Or do you want to mm-hmm. make the quarterback worry and then also potentially take some body shots while you're taking shots at the quarterback? And, and it's just it's two ways to attack that. It's just two different thought processes. It's a really good point. I actually have one more general NFL question I want to ask you, Landon, before we go. Um, but let me tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Landon, the last question um, actually is one that Ian Kenyon, uh, the managing editor at Bleacher Report, uh, proposed to people on Saturday. Is there any player, we'll say any non-quarterback in the NFL today that you would trade two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and give them a market you know, resetting deal um, for? Because... I wouldn't have done that for Jamal Adams. You wouldn't have done that for Jamal Adams. But is there another player that you can think of that is worthy of that, you know, many resources to acquire such a player? Are we talking just defensive? Well, we can do any. I mean, I, I thought about this a lot the other day. It, it, we can talk about offense as well. Let's let's do both. You know, I mean, uh, Cordell Patterson comes to mind. <laughs> uh, one of my biggest draft misses. But go ahead, keep going. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's it's a lot to give up. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, two first rounds plus another top ninety, top one hundred pick, and then a starter. You know, Khalil Mack maybe. Um, I mean, that's basically what the Bears did give up. Yeah, and. I mean, it, Mac has been great for the Bears, but they don't have a quarterback, so it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, but that's not. I think that's a separate conversation, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, like, right. You, separate part of team building. Yeah. Right? you can't you can't go do that if you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't do this if you don't have a quarterback. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, like that's that's the caveat. Like, and and you know, hoping on on. Mitch is not a is not a is not a is not a yeah. solution. So Mac is probably the one guy that you do have to consider because he plays a really valuable position. He's super consistent. He's the one I would think about. Now, what about Aaron Donald? He's twenty nine years old now. I think that it's a lot easier to to have this discussion if we're talking about like a 24, 25 year old Aaron Donald. But 29-year-old, what do you think? 25-year-old 20, Aaron Donald, I'd do this no doubt. I'd, prob- yeah. I'd probably maybe even trade a third first-round pick for third. I mean, just because 
he's so dominant in a way that is usually relegated to defensive ends and Mm -hmm. being that much closer to the quarterback means that he's that much more disruptive as that player so uh I, i think and it's such a rare piece Right, like that that type of player is so rare that I could find another defensive end. If I could find just a good or decent defensive end, you could really wreak havoc. You know, no matter who else is on your defensive line. Can I give you a counterpoint that to that though? As great as Aaron Donald has been in his career, do you know they've never finished in the top ten of points allowed per game on defense? So even the, the absolute greatest superstar in our sport on the defensive side of the ball isn't enough to get that to be a top 10 unit. It's not like they haven't had talent on that defense either, right? I mean, they've had a lot of really good players. Yeah. It just kind of shows you the value of, you know, even superstars like that on defense. Yeah, and, and again, like, and maybe that goes back to the idea that, you know, it's it's defensive players are not really the guys you should be spending mm-hmm. these picks like that on, you know? I think, I think that we've just... The thing that's just so eye-opening in, in that study that we were just talking about is just how much more valuable quarterbacks are than every single other position. You know, it's just like yeah. beyond what we even thought. Uh, it's a defensive secondary guys, and, and, and the more you, if you want to believe these studies, the more they're going to tell you that it's more about the quarterbacks than it is the 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 the, the yeah. defense. So why would you spend this kind of capital on one single player it's 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 really a tough thing i, I don't know that there's a, another deep a player there i don't know if there's a player that i would feel comfortable spending this this kind of bounty on yeah yeah i can i don't think you can make the case that any receiver or tight end is worth all of that um I, right now there's not a young tackle in the league maybe tunsil and he did get moved for two first round picks that you would consider um but even that seems a little expensive um last one what about quentin nelson you know, a 23-year-old all-pro guard who's probably going to play another decade in the NFL, what's the most you'd consider giving up for him? You know, I, I think you could talk about a first and then a, another high pick, maybe even maybe two first. If you if you feel like you're a good team that's going to be picking at the bottom of the of the first round. Um because at least I mean at least that's somebody who's helping your passing yeah, game, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he probably if I had to say for any player I bet he holds the most trade value right now in today's NFL outside of the quarterback position just because he's so young and so dominant already and we know that guards play such a long time in the NFL I mean the positional value isn't quite as good as you know as a tackle but in the same piece that we were just talking about it seems like you know, maybe guards should be considered at least as valuable as tackles in today's NFL. I don't know. It's just something something interesting to consider. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.